But are you willing to get uncomfortable? Are you ready for change? We're excited today. So this is um, this is George Burns with Entrepreneurs on Fire for Christ, and we are excited to bring on a guest today. We've got Roman with us today, and his last name is a little bit hard to pronounce. It's Propokachop. I've said this about five times, and I'm not. Can you say that for me, Roman? Propokachop. Propokachop. All right. So anyways, we're just excited to have him with us today. He's got experience in a lot of different things from being raised in the Soviet Union to um, running a digital marketing agency, working with over 600 campaigns across several different industries. Not only is he a heart-led Christian entrepreneur, but he's a podcaster. He has two podcasts going on. um, And to say the least, he's fostered about 25 kids. So if you could say he's done just about everything, I would say he has. So we're, we're excited. Welcome to the show, Roman. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and turn it over to you and just let you kind of do your thing. You- yeah. So uh, like you mentioned, I'm a first generation immigrant from Ukraine. I uh, came here when I was five with 600 family members from the uh, former Soviet Union, uh, Ukraine. Ukraine was still under... Uh, the Soviet Union, when I left, they gained its independence in uh, 1992. I uh, came over here. I went to school here for criminal justice in uh, college. I had an internship with the Secret Service my last year. I thought I was going to go in that route, but then the recession hit when I graduated. So state, local, federal agencies froze hiring. So I was looking for months, almost a year, kind of got down and depressed, and then an opportunity came about at the gym. Somebody said, you know, come out to my car after a workout. I want to give you something. And uh, I said, okay. And they uh, handed me a packet about search engine optimization, said, learn this, do, and you can do it for my business. So I took another month or two to go online, kind of get somewhat well-versed on it, and then jumped in. And that was kind of my foot in the door of being self-taught at this point. Uh, 13 years in digital, uh, bunch of Fortune 500 clients, starting my own agency in 2012, really learning on my feet. And I think anyone that wants to pick something up uh, and they have the will to do it, they can you know, be proficient in that, get at it and be experts. And like you mentioned, outside of that, I got into podcasting about three and a half years ago. So I started my show, which is an interview-based show then. And then about four weeks ago, I launched another podcast with two co-hosts that I met on Clubhouse. Uh, and that kind wow. of is helping other podcasters and just being of service from where I started because um, there weren't a lot of resources or people being genuine about, you know, giving real life examples of, you know, what to do and how to do it. And like you mentioned, uh, my wife and I have fostered 25 children since June of 2018. And that journey started in the last three and a half years. My wife and I have experienced five miscarriages, spent about $100,000 out of pocket, which led us to become foster parents, uh, mainly foster to adopt. So hopefully at some point we get to, you know, adopt children. Awesome. Awesome. One of the things that really just jumps out to me is um, just being that heart led entrepreneur as a Christian, you know, as a follower of Christ. Um, Roman, what is that? What is that like in your core being? What does that really mean to you when you, when you wake up in the morning and you think about your businesses and the podcast? I mean, cause you are really out there. I mean, you're all over the place media wise, you're all over the place with your companies and stuff. And um, what does that mean to you as far as being a heart-led Christian entrepreneur? Uh, just being of service and kind of being a you know, reflection or example out there and I think giving 
uh, without asking for anything in return. I think my mindset was a little different. I think in my 20s, I think a lot of people, when they're younger, they have more of an ego. So when I got into kind of digital, it was kind of uh, chasing paychecks and promotions and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe some kind of like goals of more material things, which isn't bad because obviously you reach a certain level. Maybe you want to reward or treat yourself, nothing against that. But then when I turned 30, I kind of switched over to that and more of a legacy, uh, you know, mindset. And what do I want to be known for? And I feel like when I switched to that, the more people who I've helped without asking for anything in return, my business, my contacts, my networking has exponentially increased when I switched over to kind of that giving and being of service mindset. Yeah, I love that. That was the scripture says, whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. With the same measure that he uses, it'll be measured back to him. So that's just, that follows just congruent with our philosophy with business and just sowing into the kingdom and really just helping our desire to really focus and help the body of Christ from that standpoint. But, you know, um, evangelistically getting out there, like, I mean, you're on all these different platforms, you know, in your media kit, he's like on just about every podcast out there, <laughs> you know, from TV shows to podcasts and stuff. And it's just like for you to be able to, to lift up Christ in the marketplace and share your story. I think that's just awesome. I think that's awesome. So, um, Okay, so one of the questions I like to ask everybody is, what is your favorite scripture? Yeah, uh, I would have to say, I guess, uh, Psalm 23, 4. As I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, um, it's kind of stayed with me, I I think, in in high school and and throughout, because I kind of uh, go back to it every time I go through something in life or, you know, try to you know, cope with something or understand something that's traumatic or a loss. And just, um, you know, the rest of, obviously of that chapter uh, keeps going. But for me, it's one of those things I go back to and you know, find comfort. Yeah, you just stand on those promises, right? Amen. So, all right, can you share a story or a time in your journey which you encountered failure, something that just really sticks out to you? Take us back to that time in your life when and tell us that story and share those lessons that you learned. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I would say like my first business thing, like when I got into digital, like I said, the, the person who got me an opportunity, it was kind of my first lesson. So, you know, I did that for that person's company for about two, three months. And that person's cat ended up getting cancer. So they spent like $20,000 on the cat. And then unfortunately said, you know, I can't pay you. So it was one of those things where it was like uh, finding the, I think, the good in the situation. So basically, you know, what are you going to get out of it? So I think everything in life is a lesson or a blessing. So even if you fail at something, you learn something from it and you can apply it or obviously you can pivot. So from that, I took that knowledge and it opened up my, uh, you know, options in that industry and was kind of like a foot in the door, regardless if that. Uh, compensation wasn't there because I mean at this point the skill set that I've built up over 13 years like if I was to lose everything you know in terms of you know, my house my bank accounts and stuff like I'm confident enough that I can get up and grind and, and make it all back because of that experience and that wisdom and knowledge that I've attained. Yeah I love I love that and that's that's one of the things it takes a specific person to be uh, an entrepreneur specifically because there's so many failures and there's so many things that you have to learn and frustrations and stuff. And when you can, when you can like walk in the light and just realize that God is working into all things for your good, if you love him, 
the scriptures talk about that. And uh, whether you fall, you learn how to get back up, whether it's, though it doesn't matter what it is, you're always learning and always growing. So I'm just, yeah, I, I really connect with that very, very well. So what would you think would be like, like one of those aha moments, right? Where, you know, take us back to a moment and share with us the steps that you took um, to turn a light bulb on, like, like, uh, you know, where God provided like specific clarity in your business, right? Where you're, you're doing something and then you're like, boom, a light comes on and you're like, maybe you pivot or maybe you shift or God gives you a different perspective on something that he's trying to show you. Yeah. I mean, there were situations where, uh, I guess early in, in my career, I think it's important when you start a business as well as it, even if you're working for somebody else, understand kind of what your core values are and what you're willing to uh, stand for and if you are put into compromising situations, what are you going to do with that? So me personally, I think early in my career at different you know agencies I've worked with, uh, some situations were unethical, the treatment of employees, like different favoritism and stuff like that. So <laughs> my wife would say to kind of keep my mouth shut at times. But, you know, if I spoke up for other employees, I mean, there was a situation where I, I specifically did that. And, you know, over the weekend, they sent me an email and, you know, terminated my uh, email uh, and took my passwords off of everything. So it was one of those things where it's like, you know, doing the right thing in situations may cost you uh, both, you know, monetary compensation and, and other things. But, you know, I guess I prayed about it and I, I took some time and, you know, it only took me like a week or two to find another opportunity that was kind of uh, bigger and better. Um, and it wasn't one of those things where I was necessarily looking for it. So oftentimes things that happen, obviously, you know, people can't necessarily explain certain things that happen in business and in personal life, like setbacks and, you know, traumatic experiences. But a lot of the time, you know, you're going through that and learning a lesson and then not even, you know, going after something, a door opens and then you kind of realize why you went through that specific situation. Yeah, it's it's tough going through it sometimes when you're like in that that process. One of the things, the terms that we talk about at church, and my pastor always says, he says, "Let it evolve." And without the like the overreaching and those things, what we tend to do, I think you talked about that a little bit. You know, as you're an entrepreneur in the beginning, you're kind of you're overreaching, looking for you know to make the money on this deal, to make the money on that deal. But then you really realize that it's all about service and it's all about um, the spirit of cooperation and. And as a Christian entrepreneur, being able to freely give and then freely receive, and God just kind of works it all out. That one uh, um, saying that if you help enough people get what they want, God will give you what you want, right? Um, I, that's not exactly scriptural, but you get the idea. Um, so um, what is the, what is the specifically, I love this question. It's probably one of my favorite questions because you can generally, you can uh, look at somebody's life or you can have a conversation with them. And if you can find the one thing that they can do with endless energy, right? You can really pull out purpose and you can, you know, develop a business or monetize around that when they can flow in that. It's like everything in life just seems congruent. What would that one thing be for you? That one thing you can do with endless energy and you you would even do it for free. I'm not telling you to do it for free. I think just kind of connecting the dots. So if somebody brings a problem, just figuring out and looking at things from different perspectives, I think it's really important if somebody has either obviously a personal problem, I'm not saying take people's advice. Usually if you have a bunch of people and you know have that as kind of like the law in terms of what you should do, but 
in terms of solving a business problem, I, I've often found that have people from different perspectives, even outside of that, you know, problem area. If it's maybe a, a branding problem, have people from different departments or different walks of life to kind of give their perspective because you may be kind of in your lane with the blinders on looking at it from like a digital marketing branding perspective, but there's people out there that do other things because of their jobs, they kind of process information and think to think about things a little differently. So having kind of that opportunity, and I feel like, uh, you know, being thrown in a room with a whiteboard, I think I can, you know, come up with a solution, either branding, marketing, or otherwise with, with you know, a coherent plan and, and tasks to take. Because I mean, it's real nice to have goals and want to achieve something or solve a problem. But if you don't have kind of like the, the steps, even small steps to take to get to that, I guess, grander goal, nine times out of 10, it's not going to work because you don't have that kind of, um, you know, framework to do so. Mm -hmm. The um, I'm thinking of specifically the mindset that you've had to, to have during going through some of the things that you've walked through from the miscarriages to starting the different companies to obviously when you have companies, you have employees and you have all the different, the things that come in with that. But take me back to a, take me back and just tell me like, like some of the things that you learned mindset wise when you were actually, um, you know, when you were working with the secret service and stuff, because that's gotta be like, I mean, to intern with the secret service, I mean, that's gotta be crazy. That's gotta be like, like, I mean, who would think that that's like going into the Marines and, and, and going through, you know, jump school, like, but to some other crazy degree. Can you share with us a little bit about that experience and how that impacted you uh, for today? Yeah, and speaking of the Marines, I was actually at one point going to go to officer candidate school out of uh, college to become a uh, second lieutenant and get a commission officer, uh, basically a commission as an officer, but I ended up not knowing that I had a uh, ulcer called caused by a bacteria called H. pylori for years. So right before the pre-shift EFT to go to Quantico, I couldn't do like the three mile run. I was like spitting up blood and stuff like that. So in retrospect, if I probably went to that, I guess it was a blessing in disguise. I probably would not be here today. But yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, my school had, a, I guess the, the School of Criminal Justice had like a partnership in terms of an intern program, but I had to do about a, a seven month background check and different like investigation about me and like people would have to come and ask if I'm in the like paramilitary groups or militias and all this other stuff. I had to have like a, like a letter from my pastor in terms of kind of like my integrity and things of that nature, because you get a uh, top secret federal clearance. So, you know, the movements of dignitaries, you know, where like the president and vice president is going to be me specifically. Uh, I intern on the counterfeit currency squad. So the secret service has a dual role. So both a protective duty and also investigation in terms of counterfeit currencies, uh, crimes for the Federal Reserve. So I basically intaked uh, all kind of counterfeit or potential counterfeit uh, money that came into that field office. Also, which is funny, the interns were responsible for screening the mail for bombs and suspicious packages and stuff like that in, in like x-ray machines. So we were kind of the pawns in, in that situation or what we were used for. But I mean, it was an interesting experience. I mean, it was also one of those things that showed me that it may not be something that I want to do just because uh, the post changes every few years, meaning you have to move to a new post, a new uh, field office. One time in your career, you have to do kind of the DC protective duty. 
And if the director in that field officer has something, you know, a vendetta against you or something, it may not be obviously validated, but they can send you to like Anchorage, Alaska or Fargo and you have to spend several years there. And it's kind of, mm -hmm. you know, I guess a career killer. So, I mean, it was a great experience, but also showed me that it's something that I may not want to, you know, do in terms of a career as well. Yeah, I think that one of the things that jumps out at me is just going through that. You seem like you really have that that strategic type of mindset, you know, and to be able to be around different people and be able to discern circumstances. If you're getting into a relationship or a partnership or whatever that is, is this one that I want to get into? Is this going to be glorifying to God or is this going to be one that's going to take me down the wrong road? Or, you know, and I, um, I, I like that's one of the things I like and I'm passionate about is is strategy and help connecting the dots and helping put people put different things together and stuff too. So um, that's that's really, really cool. So let's go ahead and jump into our uh, lightning round. So we're going to ask you some quick questions that you can just, um, some takeaways that we can take, that the audience can take and um, apply in their business. So what was one of the things that was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur in the first place? I just feel like fear. I think humans have a, a mindset of comfort. So we're in like a comfort uh, mindset place where we don't want to rock the boat and anything outside of that habit. You tell yourself, you know, you know, I'm comfortable. Why do I want to do this? You know, I may fail at it. And it was just like really getting out of your own head, obviously kind of praying about it and then taking that first leap. So the biggest challenge is convincing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the scriptures that we stand on is, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And, and going from, you know, having a job, you know, and, and having that steady paycheck to launching out, you know, maybe quitting your job or, or whatever that is as an entrepreneur, it can definitely work in that, that place. So jumping out and just doing it, that's, that's the biggest step for sure. So, um, so what is the best advice that you say, business advice that you've ever received? I would say just kind of do it and not not really take people's um, not guidance, but get people's approval because oftentimes uh, when you're in an industry, people may not necessarily want to have you or see you succeed based on competition or people that may seem like you're friends within the industry while you're not doing as good as them. So really, even though you may be getting advice, if you feel something like you pray about it, you feel it in your gut, in your heart, really attempting it and not being discouraged because, you know, oftentimes, I think sometimes the people closer to you don't necessarily want you to reach a level of success or at least not be as successful or more successful as they are. Obviously, over time, you can weed that out. And I think, you know, I think it's important to surround yourself with like-minded people from similar kind of backgrounds, similar goals, and kind of vet that out per se. But I think, you know, if you're being told something by someone, an industry leader or someone, you know, you you get advice from, don't necessarily take it to heart. I mean, obviously take that feedback and, and see what it actually is, but don't necessarily be uh, dissuaded by it. Absolutely, I agree wholeheartedly. All right, so can you share one of your personal habits that you believe attributes to your success? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's really hectic with uh, four foster kids, uh, two dogs, and everything else going on in my, in my <laughs> life. But just taking, I mean, like 5, 10, 15 minutes in my, like, 
morning routine, you know, a cup of coffee just to recharge, just to think. For some, for some reason, I prefer, like, if we're on a podcast, I prefer listening to content over reading it. Obviously, I can, I think I can consume more. So in terms of, like, playing uh, Bible verses, like, one thing I wanted to do instead of rereading, I wanted to go through the whole Bible again and just play it through so I can listen to it. Because I feel like when I'm listening to it, I can consume the information better. And it's one of those things, I mean, maybe, I, mean, I think I've reached a certain level of success, but maybe I have something in terms of reading, but, but like, I, I hate reading. I don't know why. It's, it's so hard for me to get through books. And I struggle, even if the book is great and I want to finish it, it, it was always one of those things where I can't sit there and read. But with audio, I can actually play it. Or if I'm, like, with the kids at the park, I can just sit there and listen and reflect. So I think having uh, an audio medium, especially like having, you know, the Bible or play through that or something like in terms of a devotional or something even inspirational. I listen to a bunch of podcasts that are like former Navy SEALs and things of that, like Jocko Willick and things of that nature that really like start off with a good, good mindset, regardless mm -hmm. of where I was when I woke up. I love that. The It's so, it's so exciting to interview other people, like you said, like-minded people that are in, in business and love God and stuff, because you just confirmed a couple things, right? So a friend of mine, he actually worked for us for about 10 years. His name's Eric Gorshi. He is doing a podcast right now and reading through the Bible, not with interviews or anything. He's literally doing it right now as we speak across the street. So, I mean, is that just crazy to think about that? And so many of us too, especially entrepreneurs, I think probably more so is I, I got to hear it through my ear gate. You know, and the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So we have to be sensitive to the things that we're listening to also. But I, I, I totally function the same way. That's awesome. So what's your best kept internet secret? Like the resource that you're willing to share, like, you know, something like Evernote or Canva. What's that one thing that you really, that you think is a powerful resource? Um, for organization, for like my newest show with my co-host, we use kind of Notion. It's more of co like a collaborative tool where you can document, but like you can be working if you have a script or you have like talking points. You can be like from obviously different places in real time organizing that information. Uh, you know, one of the biggest kind of video tools that I found for like video clips and stuff that I've used for my podcast is Veed.io, V-E-E-D.io. How do you, how do you, what is it, Veeb? V-E-E-D dot I-O. V-E-E-D dot I-L. Okay. Dot I-O, yeah. I mean, it's one of those uh, most cost-effective. It does everything else in terms of, like, uh, finding or creating the clips, the branded clips, things of that nature that you see all over, you know, social media to promote, you know, a show. I've done it personally, like, speaking on talking points and stuff like that. Um I mean, I would say if you have kind of the budget, uh, uh, a good marketing tool, uh, SEM Rush, it gives you a lot of competitor data, a lot of SEO, a lot of stuff you can track for your own website in terms of the health of your site, in terms of on-site, off-site, you know, technical kind of identifiers. And then you can also run competitors and see what they're doing. So it's kind of like a competitor spy tool, but an all-in-one kind of marketing suite for competitive, competitive analysis. A keyword research, content planning, but you can see if you run an additional company, you know, if they're running ads, what those ads are, what they spend over time, you know, on a paid budget for paid search, where they rank in terms of organic search over time, 
what the estimate amount of traffic is and things of that nature to really understand what your competitors are doing. Because yes, you should have a strategy uh, for digital marketing for yourself, but you can really see and, and take some of those kind of gems from you know competitors if they are succeeded, succeeding in the space as well. Excellent. Okay, so I got one question to ask you that's kind of off the wall that I didn't tell you I was going to ask you, but it's right in your niche. Okay, say you have an idea and you have a, a new product and you actually got it patented and you're ready to go, right? And it's something that, say, it connects to an iPhone, right? And so it's something that everybody could use, but it's a very, very small margin type of product, right? You know how, like, you have a product that you plug in, you know, like the USB thing, you plug it into the wall and you plug a USB thing in? It's something like that. Right. And say you have to sell it for like $9.95 or like, or like two for $19.95. Right. From a digital marketer standpoint, right, without distribution, because obviously if you're distributing, you're maybe going through Walmart or you're going through some of these other sources to dis distribute. But as a digital marketer, would you say, what would you say would be the best way to go about um, getting an ROI? Would you work on an ROI through using a funnel, through using uh, Facebook? What would you do? Well, I mean, it depends if you have a, a paid budget to start with. If you're kind of bootstrapping, I mean, step one, I would probably buy a domain as close to it. If it's if it's a generic product and you brand it, so like more of a white label thing and you make it your own, I would find something uh, generic that may be out there that the website may have existed but has some domain authority. Then you can really create it into kind of like a content hub, so informational content about what it's used for, you know, um, what other possibilities you have with it. Just uh, obviously you can develop the content strategy out, but obviously it depends how quickly you want to do that. Uh, if you have product already, already, you know, sending that for review, if you find different, you know, technology related blogs or review um, sites, and if it makes sense, making that relationship and personalizing that relationship as well, getting a list in terms of priority, like, What's important to you? The you know amount of plays that uh, that channel has on YouTube versus uh, estimated traffic to that site, strength of that site, and then the possibility also if they're reviewing, you can possibly ask for a link back to your website if you have a website for it. In terms of improving the SEO on your site, in terms of helping increase the domain authority and strength of your site, as well as potential referral traffic over time, because obviously that review. Mm -hmm is there unless they take it down or review video or write up. And then also figuring out different uh, industry publications. So that I would go like the PR and SEO route if you are uh, kind of bootstrapped, but if you have the budget to spend and it's just one of those things where, you know, time is an issue because the things that I gave is, are organic. You have to build them and nurture them over time. So if time is a priority, you may not get to where you need when things start actually getting traction. So if you do have a, a budget, so, I mean, I would do uh, Google ads, I would do uh, probably Facebook. If it's something that is applicable to the business community, mm -hmm. I found success with uh, ads on LinkedIn. So it's really also step one, understanding who the target audience is or who you think is the target audience. Ideally, you have the data to back up who the target audience is in terms of the segment, you know, like the common uh traits between them, if you have a demographic, if it's mm -hmm. men versus women, if you're targeting a specific uh, area of the world. And when you know that, then you know where those people uh, spend majority of their time online and then obviously how to market to them and right. you know reach them where they're actually 
uh, spending their time. Okay. If you were running Facebook ads and the product was a product that um, was specific to um, anybody with an iPhone, right? <laughs> it's pretty, pretty broad, right? So you, you, you would, maybe you would go just to women or just to men or just to kids under age and kind of do a test market with that, right? First, kind of a split testing. Well, yeah, and definitely use a parameter in terms of iOS user. So that would, you know, cancel out Android. Right. And then um, you obviously you develop an ROI at some point, but at some point you're going to be like, hey, if my if you're only making five dollars on a product and you're spending ten dollars to get one, it doesn't make any sense to do that. So, I mean, it's kind of basic common business, right? From the standpoint of an ROI versus uh, keep spending money on ads to develop a, a branding aspect. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to figure out what the cost of acquisition is per channel. So one, where you can reach them, and two, if you are reaching them, where you can reach them as cheap as possible so your margins are as high as possible. Right. Obviously, if if that cost is all all in, I mean, if you're selling it for 10 and it costs you, I don't know, shipped and made for some reason maybe four or five, then you literally have little wiggle room to actually make a profit. Right. So right. it's an interesting balance. Well. It's what one of the terms I've heard is hey, those that can spend the most money to sell one product win because they can just if you could we used to we used to spend thirty two hundred dollars to get one client, but we had a twenty, thirty thousand dollar profit margin. Right. So that that was easy to do because we would just we would just blow up the phone until we made a sale, right? But when you're dealing with a totally different type of product. It's a whole different um, aspect. So thank you for that input. Some of that input was for, for me because I'm an entrepreneur and a strategist just like you are. So excited about that. So what is, uh, what's a book in the Bible that you've been currently reading or maybe you've read in the past that kind of, um, that just spoke life into your business and how, how so did that, what did that look like? I mean, right now, like I said, I'm trying to go through the whole, I guess, Bible uh, via audio. So right now I'm on John, but I just like, uh, I like Psalms in general. Just one of those things where it's more like, for me, it's like a lot of parables and a lot of like learning experiences. And just like the flow of them is uh, more easily consumable than some of the other books in terms of just straight reading, because obviously a lot of the books have, you know, different authors. If they are obviously disciples, um, and the writing styles are a little different, or at least what was translated. So, like, a uh, Book of Psalms to me is for 2021 is like for me more easily digestible. Right. Absolutely. We love we love Proverbs too. That's one of the ones that we we like to jump into, and uh, so awesome. So great. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, for our listeners, thank you guys for watching the podcast and listening to it and everything. What are, what is some of the um, ways people can get a hold of you? We're going to go ahead and put that in the show notes also, right? If they want to have some marketing done for their business or um, something that's congruent with what you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, you can find me anywhere on social media. I think I'm on almost every social media platform. Uh, my company is Novazora Digital, so same as, you know, novazoradigital.com. I have an interview-based show I've had for three and a half years, the Digital Savage Experience podcast. And like I said, about three, four weeks ago, as a result of Clubhouse, I launched with two co-hosts, Real Talk Podcasting, where we 
talk about industry news, give our perspective from where we're coming from in terms of expertise, and really, uh, you know, try to be of value and help podcasters or those interested in getting into podcasting in terms of kind of giving them actionable advice and things that are tried and true and not simply, you know, read somewhere, heard through the grapevine. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So again, thank you so much for being on the show and all of his links will be provided in the show notes. So again, you guys, this is Entrepreneurs on Fire for Christ and where we launch, we help you launch, grow and scale your businesses with um, building them on biblical principles on the foundations of Jesus Christ. So again, if you want to go check out the show notes, we have our website down there too. It's www.themasterspurpose.com where there's a lot of free resources as far as business, building your business on biblical principles, but there's also free resources. Some of the stuff that you talked about, about reading through the Bible in a year, we actually have a, um, a um, not a journal, but a, um, what's that word called? We have a devotional on there, a free devotional that you can download. You read two or three chapters a day. And by the end of one year, you've actually gone through the whole Bible. One of the things that we realized too, is scripture memory is very powerful. Um, in the, in the scriptures, it talks about your word. I've hidden it in my heart that I might not sin against you. And it's when you memorize the word of God, it's just living and powerful, and it can just really just be a blessing to you. So we want to encourage you on the site. Also, there is free downloadable scripture memory books. Um, they're absolutely free. There's no cost to them. So we just want to encourage everybody to read your Bible daily and start memorizing some scripture and go out there and kick some butt in business in Jesus' name. Thanks again, Roman, for joining us. Any parting words? Just, I mean, if you have a goal, if you have something in mind, don't let anyone discourage you from that and, you know, just just start it and you don't know where it can be. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things too that, Roman, I'm just, just, you know, openly, it's like, I think there's such a value in not comparing yourself. You know, there's a scripture that says, do not compare yourselves among yourselves for it's not wise. And that's one of the things that it's easy to get caught up in. Like when you, you know, you look at somebody else's, website or you look at somebody else's podcast or or whatever it is but it's just like you know um i've been encouraged by you 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 do have like a softer demeanor than i do and i'm a little bit out there sometimes but it's like it's very calming and i appreciate that because i need to i I need to like bring myself down a little bit and it's just it's really cool seeing you out there because you could start trying trying to compare and think hey that person's more energetic than i am you know what i mean but you just you just been consistent and you've been out there and you've been getting the job done. And I just, I want to encourage you because I I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think so many people can look at your life, look at your businesses and and your success and that you can just be an example to so many. So thank you for that. Again, guys, entrepreneurs on fire for Christ and we love you and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. (laughs) 